the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line with Philip Naiman. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Hello, folks. Welcome to Firing Line Radio Show. We're having another great day out here in Southern California and in Arizona. And... You know, an interesting thing happened to me this week. I actually was at a, uh, I was at a conference in uh, Prescott, Arizona, and I heard a gentleman speak. And when I heard his story, I thought, this is something that everybody needs to hear because we're all affected by the federal government. We're all affected by federal government overreach. And when you find somebody who stands up and does the right thing, it's an important thing to make sure their story's heard. And I'm sure he's been out on many other subjects, but I wanted to talk to you, my listeners out there, and introduce this person to you so you understand how important it is to have the right people in our government. And of course, I'm talking about General McGuire, General Mick McGuire. He's running for Senate in Arizona, and it's an important race. It's very, very important. If you don't believe how important it is, if you're listening in California, it's like, what's the big deal? Understand that the person who currently has that position is a man named Mark Kelly. Mark Kelly is a rabid anti-gunner. He is a far-left progressive, and he went. He was an astronaut. He went to space, and I think he left his common sense up there somewhere. It's still, it's still orbiting the planet. We have, haven't figured out exactly where it's at, but uh, he didn't come back um, rational. He is, he is a far-left. He might as well be a California senator, to be honest with you. He would fit in there pretty well. Um, just give him a pearl necklace, and I think he'd look just pretty much like Barbara Boxer on that. But anyway, these are my comments, not uh, General Mix. General Mick McGuire is running for Senate. Um, he's got a great story. And again, as, as I'm telling you why it's important who runs the Senate, the Senate makes the national decisions. If you lived in Arizona, California's senators make those decisions that you have to live with. But more importantly, and we're going to talk about what happened in Sacramento, California, this mass shooting they just had. More importantly, the Senate approves the judiciary. They have a judiciary committee. I think right now it's being chaired by Charles Schumer. So how much fun is that, right? So those senators who are there that can elect or approve judges make these decisions on things such as the Ninth Circuit Court. In California, we just had a mass shooting, um, a gang shooting, to be honest with you. And there's about 45 new gun control bills that sprang up overnight uh, from that are going to be passed in California. Now, if those are passed, they'll be challenged in court. They'll go to the Ninth Circuit Court. The Ninth Circuit Court is rapidly anti-gun, and it will continue to be that way if we don't have the proper senators in place to make sure our Judiciary Committee is rational. So, um, Mick, did you hear about what happened in Sacramento? Oh, number one, welcome I, I did. to the show. I didn't yeah. get a lot of the details, but as uh, as you mentioned, uh, I believe it was criminal elements uh, and gang related. Uh, although there's still an investigation going on, 
very tragic that uh, anybody loses their life in any kind of a shooting. But uh, clearly, uh, I think we can all agree that uh, the criminals do not follow the law. So I don't understand how passing more laws will prevent uh, increased criminal activity. Law enforcement and enforcement of the law, stiff penalties is the way you deal with criminal misconduct. You'll do it by limiting the rights and uh, the constitutional rights of every law-abiding American. You're absolutely correct. And one of the things that we've always seen, well, in California, Gavin Newsom has passed a lot of bills. Jerry Brown and our crazy state legislature out of Excremento, they have passed bills where they've let felons out of jail. You know, AB 109, uh, Prop 47. They put these things on. uh, Right now there's, you know, Basically, crime is free. And the felons have been released. Now, this gentleman who did this mass shooting has a criminal record. He was released six years early because of these programs that Gavin Newsom and these other crazy people running the state have elected. They're putting felons on the street. Now, these aren't just felons. These are super predators. These are the same small group of people that continue to make all these violent crimes over and over again. And I just can't understand why we would allow these people out on the street with their predatory practices. And, you know, a lot of times, well, this particular case, this gentleman, uh, not only was a felon with a firearm, not only did he have it in a, uh, a bar, which you're not supposed to have either if you're carrying concealed, but also the charges are a machine gun. So he's broken federal laws, state laws, common sense laws all the way across and six people are dead. And they're saying that it's a second amendment crowds problem because we obey laws and we don't do that. So if, if you saw a situation like this, how would you handle it? Well, uh, clearly what has happened here is um, every time there is an incident that involves firearms, the radical left, seizes on this opportunity. Now, you said you just saw me this weekend at uh, Republican Women of Prescott and uh, saw that I'm running for the U.S. Senate to be the 51st vote. And uh, just for clarity, Chuck Schumer is unfortunately the majority leader right now, but Dick Durbin is the chair of the Judiciary Committee. Not that you can tell the difference between any Democrat (laughs) right now because the radical left has taken control. And I said in my speech, I think Durbin's that. actually worse than Schirmer. Yeah, yeah I mean, well, it's, it's a we, race to the bottom. But. That, but let's just say there's they're indistinguishable. AOC and the squad has taken over the whole party. And and here's the reality. Um, the radical left wants four things. They want control of your children, your thought, your resources and your gunpowder. Unfortunately, they politicize every single one of these events. And they, they, they try to take your guns. And my, you know, I can talk with more fidelity about what happened as the commanding general of the guard in Chattanooga, Tennessee, when we had a shooting at an event back in 2015 at a recruiting depot, was a Naval Reserve recruiter and an Army Guard recruiting installation in Chattanooga, Tennessee. What happened was we ended up losing, and I don't remember the exact number of servicemen, but there were six people total killed or wounded, a number of them guardsmen. And obviously the blowback came to this. How irrational is it that members of the profession of arms are not allowed to be armed? Members of the profession of arms are not allowed to be armed on federal installations. So we went forward in Arizona and we said, listen, 
Arizona state law being one of the most gun-friendly states in the nation, allows every citizen without any criminal background uh, uh, and no prior convictions to concealed carry. So we said the National Guard at rest is under the command and control of the governor. I went to Governor Ducey and I said, listen, the members of the profession of arms need to be armed, especially all of those that we have out in these recruiting sites that are off posts and installations. So on or off installations, we required them to quickly submit to a quick background check to make sure there wasn't anything we had missed and then allowed them to concealed carry in uniform on installation all the time. Now, immediately, you know, the radical left was not happy, but we're standing for states' rights, that even if the territorial or the, the land rights underpinning those installations might be federal land leases, they're still under the command and control of the governor of the state And he is the governor of a republic of independent states. And the law of Arizona is supreme unless the supremacy clause usurps it. And in this case, the Second Amendment, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, your right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And to this day, they still have that opportunity. So all of our Arizona guardsmen have that opportunity, don't have to, but can concealed carry on installation all the time and at their recruiting sites and the rest. Now, in uh, Chattanooga, the uh, gentle person who did that shooting, wasn't that a terrorist-style effect on that? Um, I I can't remember. I'd have to go back and review the actual incident after it was uh, reviewed. But, yes, it was someone that had a a, uh, uh, felt that they were advancing the cause against uh, the groups that were uh, fighting uh, on the ground in Iraq and Afghanistan. Yeah, exactly. So here you have American soldiers under federal law, not allowed to defend themselves in America. But you took the stance here and made sure that at least your Arizona guardsmen had the ability to carry concealed and on a federal installation. You know, it's the same kind of a thing that well, we see it in courthouses, everywhere else. You know, our rights don't exist where on federal property. Now, that's a little hard to understand. <laughs> That's where they should be right, protected. Right. Right. We, we had an incident, for example, when I was the commanding general of the F-16 wing down south, where one of our local establishments that we used to go to lunch at put up a sign that said, um, no weapons allowed on the premises. And we told them, okay, a number of us are carrying concealed, so we're not going to be able to patronize your establishment anymore. About three months later, the sign had come down. We asked him what happened. He says he got robbed at gunpoint. Perfect. That's him, how you well, make a conservative put, in New when, York is somebody who's been mugged. When you put the sign up, you you advertise it. You're available for yeah. your crime-free uh, zone. Yeah. Folks, I want to thank my guest here, General McGuire. I elect, sorry, IPickMick.com. IPickMick.com is how you get a hold of him. We'll be right back after this. Have questions about handgun safety, local sports shooting events, or your Second Amendment rights? Just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Get practical advice, no sales pitch. Vince is a straight shooter when it comes to sharing his advice and years of gun experience. Whether you're a seasoned gun owner or a newcomer, at Bullseye Sport they welcome everyone, especially ladies considering a firearm for the first time. When they go to our store, we want to give them something that they're going to feel comfortable with. And if you're looking to purchase a gun, ammo, or accessories... If we don't have it, we will get it for you. For all the answers to your rifle and handgun questions, just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport. 
951-823-0211. Bullseye Sport in Riverside, proud sponsor of the Firing Line Gun Show, Saturdays at 1 p.m. on AM 590. Follow Bullseye Sport on Facebook for your inventory updates or call 951-823-0211. 951-823-0211. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Planet Home Lending and host of the main event, Heard Weekends right here on AM 590 The Answer. If you'd like to own a home and you need financing, or you'd like to refinance a home you already own, whether that's in California or one of these escape from California states, Arizona, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, Texas, Arkansas, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, Ohio, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, or Montana, I'm the guy you want to talk to. Or if you'd like to inquire into the, one of the most liberating financing tools for seniors, a reverse mortgage, you want to talk to someone who will guide you towards decisions based on your best interests, not theirs. Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. My team and I will lead you to the best decision for you based on your short-term and your long-term goals. Again, for more information, call me at 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. AM 590, the answer. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. Hey, folks, welcome back to Philip, Philip Name. Welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Name. And as you know, every week we're talking about bullseye sports guns and ammo in Riverside because they are a great sponsor of the show. And that's the place you need to go in the Riverside general area to get all of your guns and ammo and gear and boxes and fantastic looking uh, uh, backpacks for shooting. You know what? Let me talk about that real quick. You show up on a shooting event. Say you wanted to go shoot IDPA or anything. You know, you want to go do a, a regular shooting event at one of the clubs like West End or Prado or something like that. And you show up there with your black box with the yellow top from Home Depot. <laughs> you don't want to do that. What you want to do is head on over to Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo and say, hey, Vince, I'm planning on shooting IDPA. Which of these really cool designed for me backpacks can I use? It'll hold my my pistols. It'll hold my magazines, my ammo, everything separated, a place for my hearing protection and make me look really cool. That's what Vince will hook you up with over at Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo in Riverside between Arlington and Central off of Brockton at the Riverside Arcade, 951 And when I see you at one of these competitions, show me your backpack and I'll, we'll find some giveaway for you. You know, this show you get... Less thunder in the mouth, more lightning in the hand. Apache proverb. So uh, my uh, guest here, I have General McGuire. Now, General McGuire has a ton of experience we're going to get into here, but we really want to punch home this poise, this point, excuse me, to those of you out there in California, you know, General, why don't you pick it up here? Because this is yeah, so poignant. You know, Philip, I, I, we were talking in the break about this, that it is unfortunate. Uh, you know, I went to high school in Southern California. My father was a naval officer. I remember the days of Reagan and uh, all the great conservatives that came out of that state. Uh, Unfortunately, all the conservatives in California that understand that Antonin Scalia is right about the Second Amendment, they're trapped. They're trapped by the Democrats in control. And what we need to do is mobilize the California donors to be able to get involved in this race in Arizona. Because if we win back the 51st seat here in Arizona, we will be able to protect their right to bear arms. And those constitutional privileges 
that they believe in, just like Antonin Scalia reminded us, the Constitution doesn't always break your way, but you want someone holding the line on the Constitution. And you're seeing it at the border. You're seeing it with the Second Amendment issue. You're seeing it on the life issue. You're seeing it even in the foreign policy issue with the, the back and forth with uh, Biden's unpredictability. And as you mentioned, my, Kelly, my opponent, Mark Kelly, is... Uh, uh, Yes, I would say uh, lost in space. I told him we're going to send him back. Bezos needs a driver. We'll buy enough fuel for a one-way trip. So that's how we're going to win this thing. We could get some donations for that. That's right. One of the things that conservatives, you know, I've been doing this show a long time. I've been in political talk in California for a long time. Um, We don't organize well for the long game. Now, if you're in California, why are you even listening to the show about the Arizona senator? Because this is a federal issue. We need to have that support. We need to make sure that the next 50 people appointed to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals have an have a Antonin Scalia-type ideology, uh, as opposed to this that radical person that they're trying to get on the Supreme Court, right? Um, we want to make sure that we have the right people doing the right things. And that means we need to play the longer game. So if you're in California, look, we have, we have two terrible senators. And I'm, I'm afraid they're going to stay terrible for a long time. Um, but you have an opportunity to make a change where it can affect. Uh, Arizona's a swing state. If you can put the right people in charge in Arizona, that gives us it's, – it's as if we actually had a decent senator from California. I know if big capital I if, um, but if we actually had that, so we have the ability to make changes other places. The Democrats have known this for years. They're pack money. You know, Tom Steyer, he's throwing cred all over the place. He's a crazy loon too. The, all these people are throwing all their agendas everywhere and they're throwing their billions of dollars after it. We need to play catch up on that. And so you need to support somebody like general Mick. You can do it at electmick.com or I pick Mick. Dot com. And, you know, you can send them some money. There may be limitations for out of state. I don't know, but follow the rules and get them support because this is how we win the Supreme Court cases. Uh, California, we we create most of the terrible laws. So therefore, the California Rifle and Pistol Association, Gun Owners California, we're always going to court. We're fighting that. We're fighting that. And we're fighting that on behalf of the entire Western U.S. So Arizona you need to be contributing to the California Rifle and Pistol Association because they're the ones burdening those, working those lawsuits, you know, and they're fighting in the Ninth Circuit Court, which affects you. We're we're in a federalist system. We're all connected here, and the better we play together, as opposed to well, that's them, you know, um, that's California. We don't want to talk about that. Like we better help a little bit of that. And uh, California's like, well, that's Arizona. I don't care. You know, you'd better care about this because this is the path. Well, and Philip, remember, there is no restriction. There is no restriction in California on donating uh, to the campaign from out of state. You just have to be a U.S. citizen. These are these are federal races. Control of the Senate will hinge on winning this race in Arizona. It's just that simple. We win in Arizona. We have a majority and we can stop the radical left. We lose in Arizona. Chuck Schumer, Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, stay on the mark. Look, just don't say the O word. Okay, that sets off my Tourette's and we're on family radio here. So don't say the O. Yep. That, that's running our country right now. Just don't, yeah. just don't mention that name because I... Don't, 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 don't make <sighs> Biden bad. an Irishman by putting an O in front of his name. <laughs> he that shall not be named. <clears throat> right. 
Anyway, so let's tell us a little bit more about yourself. Now, you did mention that, oh, by the way, you're F-16 pilot. So, yep. Yep. So I served uh, 38 years in the military, was uh, graduated high school out in Southern California. As I mentioned, my father was an officer in the CB, started a company out there, uh, met my wife, Debbie, in the ninth grade, went off to the Air Force Academy. Four years later, she agreed to show up at my graduation and nearly... uh, 34 years later, or 35 years later, almost since we graduated, but married almost 34 years, uh, three beautiful daughters, uh, 31, 27, and uh, 21, two grandchildren, a three-year-old and a uh, just nine-week-old grandson, granddaughter, and a young grandson. And uh, my wife and I are members at Christ Church of the Valleys out here in uh, Phoenix, and uh, militarily, after I graduated from the academy, I served 14 years in the active Air Force, flying F-16s, uh, flew in the first Gulf War, happened to uh, call it good luck or bad luck, participated in the largest daylight raid since 1945 on January 19th, uh, 1991, into the nuclear research facility in Baghdad. Uh, after the war, came home, uh, spent uh, some time, uh, deployed twice subsequently lead to that in the F-16 I uh, had an opportunity to go to the F-16 Fighter Weapons School, and at 14 years in, which is uh, the Top Gun equivalent for the Air Force, uh, that's coming out, some new movie here in a month or two. And uh, uh, my wife and I had three young daughters. We decided to come back home to Arizona, which is where my mom and dad had been raised, and uh, was flying F-16s in the 162nd Fighter Wing. I was there through 2013. We talked a little bit about uh, what happened there in the wing with some of our guys when they posted the uh, – no weapons allowed at one of the places we would go get lunch back in the 2010-11 time frame. But in 2013, Governor Jan Brewer brought me up to be the commanding general of 8,300 soldiers here uh, at the state headquarters and the commander of the Arizona National Guard. And I stayed in that position through um, January or till August, or, I'm sorry, April 10th, 2021. And uh, it was a very humbling privilege. And that's where we had the 2015 incident. We talked about Chattanooga, and I, uh, at that time, Governor Ducey had now been uh, elected governor. He was in his first term, and that's when we did some of those things we talked about. So that's my background, and I uh, have the uh, most humbling privilege I've ever had to be the commanding general of 8,300 soldiers and airmen. I told him I was no more or less important than any other member of the team. And if you ask me why Mick McGuire for the U.S. Senate, and we could talk a little bit about why I got in. But at the end of the day, the country needs trusted, extremely confident, reliable leaders. That's what the country needs the most. That understands that the nation is the greatest in the history of the world. This republic is unbelievable. But it is only the best because of the rule of law. And you can see what the radical left is doing by selectively uh, applying the rule of law to those that they favor based on things that aren't codified in law. And uh, if we allow it to go on this trajectory... It's not a matter of if, Philip, but when the republic comes apart at the seams. If we begin applying a two-tier justice system, picking and choosing what laws we want to follow, or having this revisionist idea of what the framers intended. Yeah, just to make a comparison, um, do you know where your laptop is? I do know where my laptop is. I'm on it right now with you. (laughs) (laughs) And you can come look at it if you'd like. Oh, man. What a mess we've got with uh, our, our internal agencies there. And again, that's Senate oversight. 
you have the 51st, yep. you can actually clean some yep. things up. Yep. Yep. And that's exactly. what we're fighting for here, not the 51st state. The last thing we want to see is Puerto Rico become a state or something else like that. And the old, Or California divide into three because then they'd have six crazy senators instead of just two. You know, we want to make sure that we win. Yeah, people are talking about that. My uh, producer yeah, you know, just Phillip, grabbed his heart. It's interesting you mentioned statehood. I was, I was on Newsmax the other day, and they asked me what question would I ask Judge Brown. And, and uh, I, I served with uh, great members of the Puerto Rico Guard and the Guam National Guard. And here's the truth. Every territory, just like Arizona, California, the rest, there's a constitutional process by which they can enter the uh, republic and join the union. Uh, and there's a process by which that legislation goes through. But here's the question I would have asked Judge Brown that never got asked. Can D.C. become a state? Yeah. And the short go. answer is no. Without an amendment to the United States Constitution, the District of Columbia is carved out 10 by 10 as defined in the U.S. Constitution, always a federal territory, never with the rights of any states. The framers knew that. And when you hear the radical left compare D.C. to Guam or Puerto Rico, that should set off alarms. There's a difference between territories and the districts and the states. If there is a process by and through which we need to bring a territory into the republic, let's talk about that. But D.C. is a red line. Very good. Folks, check them out at electmic.com. Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio. We'll be right back. Hi, folks. Philip Naiman from Firing Line Radio Show. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated $1 million for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at ccwsafe.com. AM 590, the answer. Spartans, lay down your weapons! Persians, come and get them! Hey folks, welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. You know you can get our podcasts at firinglineradio.com. They're on Apple, iTunes, they're all over the place. But firinglineradio.com, you can get the most recent shows. If you want to follow us on on, Twitter, YouTube, you know, obviously you can check that out. Take a look at the, the good-looking General Mick here and to see what a real American hero looks like. And I call him that because when you hear this story, you're going to understand why I'm having him on this show. Uh, you were a two-star general, commander of Arizona's National Guard, fighter pilot, um, Top Gun Plus, right? The uh, Air Force School is Top Gun Plus. Is that the way it works? Um, well, yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah, I, don't I, I thought you might. Let me let me help you with that. Help me help you uh, for General McGuire. That, that should be your that should be your thing. Hey, help me help you, General McGuire. Anyway, you that's bet. free. So, well. <laughs> you're you're a two star general, commander of the Arizona National Guard, um, through the January of 2020. January 6th, we have 
I don't even know what to call it. I do not call it an insurrection. Uh, I would call it a party where the state police or the D.C. police open up doors and let people in. But that's just what it looked like on, on the videos. But you were in charge of the National Guard January 6th, and people got panicked. So tell us a little bit about the back scene of what happened here. Yeah, so uh, first of all, here's what I say about the January 6th incident. Each of us, uh, Philip, is responsible for any misconduct. If someone perpetrated misconduct, regardless of your hat color or your shirt color, think all the way back to uh, the, the summer of 2020 with the Black Lives Matter peaceful protest that ended up resulting mostly in peaceful. building. Mostly burning. some arson, right, mostly peaceful. Right. Every one of you has the right to peacefully assemble, but it doesn't usurp the right for others to be uh, protected. Uh, it doesn't usurp others' right to physical security, their buildings not being invaded, and those types of things. And so, um, yes, uh, the incident occurred. Unfortunately, there was some misconduct that occurred. It's still unclear to me, and I'm still confused about if there's ever going to be charges preferred against some of these individuals. I don't know why the Department of Justice hasn't come uh, become transparent about affording Fourth, Fifth, and Sixth Amendment rights. But setting that aside, I was here in Arizona when the event occurred, and two days later on January 8th, and you, you used the right term, panic, there was the, some panic that occurred amongst the law enforcement officials. Um, as you remember, that night there was subsequently an electoral college vote reconvened uh, early morning on the 7th. And on the afternoon of the 8th, nearly 48 hours after the incident, I was part of a video teleconference with the then acting Secretary of Defense, a guy by the name of Chris Miller. Uh, General Milley and members of the Joint Chiefs were on, as well as the adjutants general, commanding generals of the 50 states, three territories in the District of Columbia. On that day, we were asked to, to muster 6% of our force, arm them, put them in full battle rattle, give them live ammunition and body armor, and send them to Washington, D.C., and have them on a plane by January 15th, ostensibly to prevent any other kind of unrest as we were going into the inauguration. Now, my question that I asked that day was very simple. Did President Trump invoke the Insurrection Act? The Insurrection Act has been used by the federal government invoking it on the states six times in history, most recently 1963 to desegregate a lunch counter in Arkansas, most studied in school, 1957 after the 1954 Brown v. the Board of Education decision to desegregate uh, high school in Alabama, and uh, most notoriously failed when Lincoln told South Carolina they could not cede from the Union in, in uh, 1861. And the answer to my question was no, President Trump had not invoked the Insurrection Act. Which is a giant act. It's a big, big thing which sets a, big a lot of deal. things in it's motion. It's a huge deal. He can do it. He could do it, but he didn't do it. So the next question I asked was, and it can't be delegated to the Secretary of Defense, by the way. If someone says, well, with Secretary of Defense, you can't delegate that. Only the duly elected president can do that, whoever it is. And... Uh, the next question was, had he declared an emergency? Had the president designated an emergency, an emergent condition for civil unrest or a riot that superseded the public health emergency? The answer again was no. And I'm on this call on this video teleconference telling my colleagues, it's not like they're not hearing it. And um, the answer again was no. And the last question I asked was, did uh, President Trump designate this group a terrorist organization? That matters because of a series of laws that were passed after 9-11 
say that if your group's designated a terrorist organization and you're in the process of committing a terrorist act, we can use the military to go around the 1916 Posse Comitatus Act, which talks about the idea that we don't use the military to police our citizens. So the answer to all three questions, Philip, was no. I came back and said, well, I took an oath as, as far back as July 5th, 1983, to, to support and defend the Constitution. And that meant that I had to judge and follow legal, moral, ethical order. But if what you're asking me to do isn't legal, I cannot judge the morality or efficacy of it. And I refused to send any troops to D.C. Now, much to my dismay, my 53 colleagues sent 26,000 guardsmen to D.C., they formed a seven-mile-long line, shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder of fully armed citizens, and we had the military policing the citizens in the District of Columbia. Now, I don't care how far left, right, or center you are. The idea that an unelected bureaucrat can put 26,000 soldiers fully armed in full battle rattle into any city should chill everybody. It's tantamount to a coup or an invasion. I told my wife that night, I'm watching a coup or an invasion, and the media is acting like a bunch of clapping seals. And she said, what are you going to do about it? I said, well, I'm going to jump in the race to be the 51st vote in the U.S. Senate. And now, nine and a half, ten months in and nearly 40,000 miles driven and 11,500 signatures, my name's on the ballot. And I'm in this race to win, to win it back. And everybody wants to talk about faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love, is love. But I'm telling you this, when you're pulling air, Philip, it's about faith and hope in one another. And here's the message of hope. Go forward to February 4th, Biden gets sworn in. They assemble the same call, asked to extend the mission through June 1st. Mind you, there's been no misconduct. Only by the grace of God has one of the 26,000 not shot themselves or somebody else accidentally. You know, when you try to put a whole corps worth of soldiers out the door in a week, there's a lot of problems that can occur there. But um, they say they want to extend this mission, the occupation of D.C. through June 1st. I come up voice and say it's a moot point for Arizona. We never deployed. 42 of my colleagues say mixed right. This is not legal, and they recalled their forces. So when people ask what the power of one vote in the U.S. Senate means, there's a good example of what the power of one person standing up against something that's illegal can do. That's really what you know, peaceful protest is about. So let's talk about the background here. So you, on January 8th, said, no, this doesn't fly. 53 other generals... Uh, commanding generals of their National Guard said, we're okay with it. Um, what was the back chatter? Did they ever come back to say, what are you doing? You're ruining your career? Uh, yeah, well, I, I got a call that afternoon from the Joint Chiefs of Staff from General Milley's office, and they wanted to talk to me. And uh, Milley, Milley or Vanilli? Which one was it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I said, well, here's they wanted to talk to Governor Ducey. I said, here's his phone number. You can knock yourself out, but it's not going to change anything. He certainly could have let me go. I mean, relieve me of command. Uh, Governor Ducey, but I told him, I reminded him, I'm in the second oldest position in the government. First territorial governor, 1634. First adjutant general, 1636. I only have one job. It's to be 100% state and 100% federal. The federally recognized two-star general in the Air Force, as well as a cabinet member in Governor Ducey's cabinet. And I judge the legality, morality, and efficacy of the orders promulgated by the president and the governor of the state of Arizona. If what you're asking me to do isn't legal, I can't judge morality or efficacy of it. So you can call them. They never called. Uh, yeah, I knew that my career was over at that day. I, 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 I you know, I figured you, if we're not willing to stand on principle and defend the Constitution, then what's the point of the last 38 years? That, that's kind of an oath. 
maybe was in there somewhere. I okay. so and so do solemnly. What is it again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something oh, it's like there. That. That's something like you're going to support and defend the Constitution, as I said in the first segment. The Constitution doesn't always break your way. It doesn't always break your way, but if if people are willing to pick and choose when they apply it, when they're going to follow it, the republic ends. That's right, folks. IPickMick.com. Send them some money. Let's get this guy in there. We absolutely need him. This is Philip Neyman, Firing Line Radio. We'll be right back after this. Have questions about handgun safety, local sports shooting events, or your Second Amendment rights? Just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Get practical advice. No sales pitch. Vince is a straight shooter when it comes to sharing his advice and years of gun experience. Whether you're a seasoned gun owner or a newcomer, at Bullseye Sport, they welcome everyone, especially ladies considering a firearm for the first time. When they go to our store, we want to give them something that they're going to feel comfortable with. And if you're looking to purchase a gun, ammo, or accessories... If we don't have it, we will get it for you. For all the answers to your rifle and handgun questions, just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport. 951-823-0211. Bullseye Sport in Riverside, proud sponsor of the Firing Line Gun Show, Saturdays at 1 p.m. on AM 590. Follow Bullseye Sport on Facebook for your inventory updates or call 951-823-0211. 951-823-0211. Hi, folks. Philip Naiman from Firing Line Radio Show. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated $1 million for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at CCWSafe.com. AM590. The answer. Yes! Great hunter. Yes? Yes. Fine figure of a man. Yes? Yes? Yes. That is all you need to know for now. Hey, folks, welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. Check us out at firinglineradio.com. You know you're going to want to share this podcast, and I highly recommend that you do. All of our stuff is open. You want to share the YouTube channel, whatever it is, send it out there. Let's get this information out because Mick McGuire needs, well, we need him more than he needs us. So we need him as our 51st senator here, folks. So help us help him. Uh, That's my Jerry Maguire quote, but it's close. General Maguire, anyway, we're working on that still. It's in there somewhere. Um, As we covered our last segment, we talked about the legal authority of sending troops into D.C. And you stood on the Constitution, you stood on on legalities, and it was absolutely the right decision to make. Eventually, 44 of the others... others, yeah. Yeah, other generals. But that also means that there was 10 that didn't. There was still 10 that wanted to keep their people there. That's, that's another alarming structure. But my question to you at the break, and I want to bring it up again, is did... 
President Trump ever authorized those troops into D.C.? I have no evidence that President Trump, the duly elected president through uh, January 20th, uh, ever authorized this activity. The Secretary of Defense acted on authority that cannot be delegated to him. Is there another word for that? Maybe a French word starts with a C? Oh, yeah. Well, I said it's either a coup or an invasion. Uh, And and when I say invasion, it would be like the National Guard under the command and control of Governor Ducey occupying another state or territory without invitation, without proper invitation. What else would you call it? These are armed soldiers occupying a federal district without an invitation from the only person that can ask them to come in, the president. So how could this happen? How could how could a secretary of defense act on his own and say, here's what I'm going to do without any. Well, I think there's two factors. I think there's two things that play in one. uh, The bureaucratic state has become far too empowered. And one of the things we have to do is knock that back. Uh, And what I mean by that is I believe that he was told by his attorneys that as the Secretary of Defense, he does have this authority. I totally disagree. I also believe there was political pressure, and I can't prove it, placed on him by the person that is the responsible executive for the capital structure, and that is the Speaker of the House. And the Speaker of the House at that time was Nancy Pelosi. I suspect, although I I can't prove this, that Nancy Pelosi panicked just like the Capitol Police panicked, and they called and asked for assistance. And the lawyers in the Pentagon you know, for lack, but their words would be bent the rules because here's the reality. The District of Columbia has their own National Guard. They can be called up by the Secretary of the Army. Now, we can argue constitutionally whether the District of Columbia should have a guard or not. That's a whole separate issue. But a completely separate issue is there's no debate that the title of the Constitution is United States, two S's, not United States. And that those independent states are at rest always. Article 1, Section 8, under the command and control of the governor, unless mobilized. And the only way to mobilize them was those three things I talked to you about. So um, I believe that that's what happened. I believe they acted as a result of peer pressure, some lawyers in the Pentagon, and uh, Speaker Pelosi and others asking for help. So... We're defunding the police nationwide, but if somebody sits at her desk and puts her feet on it, she's got 26,000 armed soldiers coming in to defend her. Yeah, without proper legal authority and outside the bounds of the Constitution. And that's why I said everybody should be concerned. Look, you know, I wore the cloth of the nation, Philip, for 38 years. I served for Democrats and Republicans. But at the end of the day, if we begin to pick and choose, I tell people the last straw is no more heavy than the rest. That's why I got in. But think about it. We saw, you know, uh, the IRS be weaponized against political groups that were involved in PAC activities. We saw um, coming out of the, uh, the 2020 COVID thing, kids be told they shouldn't stand up for the Pledge of Allegiance here in Arizona high schools because you should be embarrassed about the greatness of this nation. It, all these straws add up. And, and when I saw us send 26,000 soldiers into D.C. with no legal authority, I told my wife, that's it. I've got to enter the political fray and try to put in check the two things Hamilton and Jefferson agreed about the most. 
greatest threat to the fledgling republic, a large standing army and oppressive taxation. These two guys hated each other. But if you read if you read Hamilton's Federalist Papers and Jefferson's dissent, those are the only two things. And you want to know the truth? If somebody who's unelected can put 26,000 armed soldiers in a city, I think we've got a problem. Add to it oppressive taxation. On April 18th, I guess it is this year, you're going to send in a single tax dollar, Philip, and 23 cents will not leave a 50 nautical mile radius of D.C. That's a recession-proof economy, regardless of how much you're paying for gas or food. That's the problem. The, and they wonder why we drink. <laughs> you know, I don't know what else to say. I mean, they were right. The, the, this nation was divinely inspired. George Washington warned us, tyranny of the majority is far worse than tyranny of the individual. Mm-hmm. Philip, all your listeners need to ask themselves, what would motivate George Washington to say that if he was born 86 years before Karl Marx? Tyranny of the majority is 50 plus one. The right. radical left wants tyranny of the majority. They absolutely do. And the other part of that is, you know, we hear communism, socialism, fascism. They're all on the same thing, and that's envyism. It's all envy-driven. You know, we talk about the Bible and, and uh, envy is one of the sins. You know, do not covet. This is all that is. This is it on steroids with the force of a gun. Socialism is envyism. Capital, uh, not capitalism, um, communism, fascism, it's all taking away from somebody else because they don't have it. And if they have the, the majority and they're working on that and they've taken – they take an oath that means nothing to them because their agenda is the main thing. The revolution is the main thing, right? Saul Linsky. The main thing is the main thing. Everything else is is negotiable as long as it puts their football one more yard down towards their ultimate goal. And their ultimate goal is basically hell on earth. I don't want to live through all of that because we've seen it. You know, maybe Venezuela, you know, Mexico went socialist. How are they doing? Uh, any place it's tried is a, a massive failure. And they don't think it's going to work. What they think is that they'll be better off because they'll be in charge of more things. So those people who are running it, they don't give a crud about equal housing. They care about the housing association that they can pump money into to pay their friends. They have, you know, the homeless uh, industrial society where where they're pumping money into $500,000 apartments in LA, $500,000. It's ridiculous, but they're using the pool of money from all of us to enrich themselves. And they're doing it under the guise of fairness and socialism and communism. And it's absolute theft. Prove me wrong. Well, no, I, I I think that uh, you're not wrong, but socialism is an economic program. And clearly you have Bernie Sanders being declared, uh, what is he, a democratic socialist, I think is what he calls himself. But, but socialism spills over now into all these other areas. Again, the radical left wants four things. Your children, think about all the things we're seeing with indoctrination at the basic level, the K-3 through laws, all these things where we're not focused on reading, writing, arithmetic, and instead on social justice, family values, and uh, sex education. Those kids need to be able to read, write, do math, and understand civics so they can sustain and maintain the American dream. Second, they want control of your thought. Think about censorship on the Internet. Think about all the things that we saw with the medical tyranny, the things about the idea of being having your right to assemble in church, 
under uh, public health restrictions. No, now we got to uh, put a COVID warning right, label on. Right, right. They want to control your resources. We just talked about 23 cents on the dollar. That That's that's pretty good control of your resources. And they want control of your gunpowder, which is the focus of this show. The radical left is beating us in the first three pretty handily. But the fourth one is where we hold the line. And we hold the line around this idea. I am the command. I was the commanding general of the National Guard, which is the our forebear was the colonial militia now called the National Guard. And people say, well, General, if you were the commanding general of the Guard, why would a private citizen need an AR-15? My response is simple. Don't fall into this trap ever. Because the Second Amendment articulated that you have the right to keep and bear arms as part of that well-regulated militia. And in 1903, the federal government made a deal with the states to provide all the resources and money to train to the standard they would need to raise an army. And in exchange, they bought all the weapons. So all the weapons that those National Guardsmen had in D.C. belonged to the federal government, not the states. So if you want to know why you have the right to keep and bear arms, because right now, even at the National Guard level, the federal government owns all the weapons. Very good. Hey, folks, I want to thank my special guest, Mick McGuire, General Mick McGuire, electmick.com, ipickmick.com. Thank you for your service, and I hope to see you, Senator. Hey, thank you very much. Thanks, Philip, and thanks to all the listeners. Have God a great bless. day, and God bless you. Shoot, Felipe. Shoot. When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. I'd like to introduce you to a new sponsor to the show, Sean Gibbs of Ask Defensive Training Company. They're in Redlands, California. They also sell guns and ammo. But the most important thing that they have for you here today is their training courses. Ask, kind of an interesting name. Why would you call it that for guns and ammo? Well, Ask stands for Attitude, Skills, and Knowledge. And that's what they focus on at Ask Defensive Training. Sean has basic courses for a first-time gun buyer. If you're not familiar with your firearm, you want to be able to use it safely, perfect place for that. He has also additional courses for defensive handgun, advanced handgun, and even learning how to shoot a firearm in low-light situations. Bring your mag light. So folks, check them out at askdefensive.com, A-S-K-defensive.com for a schedule of classes. He's got a great store in there too, so buy what you want, train what you want, askdefensive.com. AM 590, the answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.